0: I make a disclaimer at the beginning of this message uh and here's the disclaimer number one uh it drives me crazy uh when when preachers will preach a sermon along the lines that i'm preaching today now it's not it's not content um it's not the content that i'm 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 worried about but uh topical preaching drives me batty you know there's nothing I hate worse than listening to a preacher read a scripture and never go back to it Uh, so I'm not going to do that this morning however I am I am passionately uh, an expository preacher I believe you just preach a text but but when you're building a building uh, this is one uh, one fundamental principle that today you just can't do without um it's called plumbing i mean i I don't imagine there'd be anybody who would want to buy a house that had no plumbing in it today Uh, i I remember years ago when i we first started family of grace church the way that i would make a living was uh we would remodel houses and that kind of stuff in the day and 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 try to provide for the family and uh uh there was this real, uh, a, law, a lawyer that was getting in the rental business, and so we were in the process of helping him. Uh, he would find rental properties and help him get them to where they needed to be, and um, we would do a lot of the plumbing ourselves, my dad and myself, and uh, however, there were certain things that you had to have a plumber for, that the city had to sign off on, and so uh, every time we could not cross that threshold because we were not registered licensed plumbers with the city we would get it. i remember one day i went to him and i brought him the bill for the plumber and the lawyer looked at me and said i'm doing something wrong this plumber is making more per hour than i am and i said yeah but you just think the things that you're handling is dirty do you want to swap jobs with it oh, no 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 never mind let's move on and so, uh, the Lord really began to deal with me on the issue of plumbing. Matter of fact, I, term, I titled this sermon, Plumbing, exclamation point, exclamation point, really, question mark. Like, are you really going to preach on this? And so, there is one passage of scripture that in the beginning, Pastor and Ralph and I, when we were talking about this sermon series, came up. And it's out of the book of Nehemiah. Now, your blueprints have deviated from this particular blueprint that you've had every week. You've had the same floor plan. If you look on on this and the blueprints you've had from the previous weeks, you will know there is several uh, fixtures in this home that we're building. Now, some of the fixtures are to bring water in and some are to take water away. And so... I went, and and, and this passage of scripture has been really dear to my heart, and uh, it's in the book of Nehemiah, because the book of Nehemiah has been a a, a barometer for my ministry. It's a great book on leadership and that kind of stuff, and so today we're going to install the plumbing into our building that we're building. Uh, I just couldn't leave the foundation, because in every foundation, before they pour the concrete, when they're doing the dirt work, the plumber has to come in and put the the pipes in the ground that's going to take the substance of water away and bring the substance of water in. Are you with me? Everybody knows that. That's pretty simple building in our day and time, correct? So let's look with me, if you would, the book of Nehemiah. Now, I want you to turn to Nehemiah, Nehemiah, and and, and now there's not a lot of, passages of scriptures to preach expositorily on plumbing and i will venture to say in 18 years of preaching i have never preached on plumbing so i can assure you that you are not getting a warmed over biscuit this morning amen and so let's look at this in nehemiah uh the nehemiah uh went back returned to his homeland uh the nation of israel had been destroyed Uh, Jerusalem had the walls had been broken down now I want you to turn to Nehemiah and stay with me because we're not really going to go anywhere else today Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 11 after I arrived in Jerusalem and had been there three days I Nehemiah in verse 12 got up and took a few men with me I didn't tell anyone what I what my God had laid on my heart to do for Jerusalem The only animal I took was the one that I was riding. And I went out at night through the valley gate toward the serpent's wall and towards the dung gate. And I inspected the walls of Jerusalem that had been broken down and its gates had been destroyed by fire. I went on to the fountain gate and the king's pool. But but further down it came... It became too narrow for my animal to go through. So I went up at night by the way of the valley gate, and I inspected the wall. Then heading back, I entered through the valley gate and returned. The officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing, for I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, and the officials, or the rest of those who would be doing the work. So I said to them, You see the trouble we are in Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned down. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem so that we will no longer be a disgrace. Would you underline that in your Bible? Because that's a heavy, heavy phrase that we will no longer be a disgrace. Now, go with me in verse 18. I told them how. The gracious hand of my God had been on me and what the king had said to me then the Lord said then they said I'm sorry then they said let us start rebuilding and they were encouraged to do the work and when Sambalot and Hornet the Tobin the Ammonite officials of Geshem and uh, Arab heard about this they mocked and despised us and said what is it that you are doing Are you rebelling against the king? I gave them this reply. The Lord God of heaven is the one who will grant us success. Therefore, we his servants will rise up and start building. Now, what in the world does this have to do with building a house today? A lot. Because even in the ancient days, they were always concerned with water, and with waste, now the interesting thing about it is that Jerusalem had become a reproach. Nehemiah gathered everybody together and said, "We are a reproach. We are a disgrace. Today, many many places, many things that we used to stand for as churches, many of the things that we used to resent, we now embrace. Many of the things that we used to stand against as a country, we embrace now with a whole new ideology. And one of the things is, plumbing is so critical because a man can only live four days without water. Four days. If you don't have something to hydrate your body, now you can go up to 40 days without food. But you cannot go more than four days without water. Now, the interesting thing about that is, so no matter what age you grew up in, in ancient civilization or today, you always had to have water, you know. And uh, so as we think about this, many of you say, well, I've always had running water. I had to run down to the well and draw it, you know, and you ran it back to the house. I don't know what the case may have been, but you always had to have water. And you always had to have a way to remove the waste. Because if the waste piled up, the, the disease and bacteria and all of that that would come from the waste would destroy the family. Now, the interesting thing about this, it's always been a factor. Now, let's go a little bit further. If everything gets clogged up, you have what we call a mess. Amen? If your plumbing gets clogged up and you're not getting the right amount of water in, you have a mess if your plumbing gets clogged up and you're not taking the waste out you have a mess amen I mean just let something back up can I get a witness I mean I know this isn't what you came here to hear today it's not really uh warm and fuzzy but it's the reality nobody likes to talk about the plumbing amen nobody likes to talk about what's in the slab You don't really see it. It's not the glamorous part. You remember last week we talked about the foundation. How nobody gets excited and comes home and says. Oh baby did you see that foundation they were laying down the street. No. But let that thing start coming up out of the ground. And you start seeing some of the architectural characteristics. That are going to be in the walls and the roof of that building. And people will begin to start talking about it. Now as we think about this. We understand a couple of things. You can watch the foundation and you can understand what size and what shape the building may be. When we think about this, uh, there's a building being built right down the street on MacArthur Drive. And I've made a comment to a couple of people. I said, boy, that's going to be a, a narrow, long building. Now, I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know what they're building there. It don't really matter to me, but they're building something there. And I know it's not going to be very wide. And it's going to be way longer, way deeper than it is now over the next several days you'll watch them they'll begin to put the plumbing into that foundation here is the interesting thing my brothers and sisters that every building has to have a way to get the substance of life into it every building has to have a way that the substance of life will flow into it either by plumbing like hooked up to a hydrant and it flows in pipes and comes into that building or by a bucket that you're running down and fetching the water, filling it up and bringing it into the home. Amen? Are you with me? That's not very deep thinking. Now, here's the reason that I told you that this is a totally different message that I normally will preach. Because the factor is that when we went over this, every, every place had to deal with it. It had to have a way to get the substance of life in but they also, every building or every place had to have a way to get the to get the waste of life out. The waste from life, it had to be able to come out. Now, I'm not completely making this up, okay? On your blueprint right there, if you will look at this picture, and I think we may have a picture of the same thing that I want to show you, but if you will look at the picture of this blueprint, the interesting dynamic is this, at the very bottom of it, you will see something called the dung gate. Now, Nehemiah, he, when, we were, when we read those passages of scripture, we were going through them and we saw several things there that we were going through, and as we were going through them, it was an interesting dynamic, and it, we named the sheep gate, the valley gate, and all of these things, but he, he named a gate called the dung gate. Now, now, and on your blueprints there, do you see it at the far southern tip of your blueprints? Circle that with me because that's the gate we're talking about. Now, look at this thing very interesting. The dung gate was right next to the fountain gate. The fountain gate was where the fresh water would come in. But then it's something else that's right there next to it. It's next to the king's pool. Matter of fact, I think we have one more picture of a of a of a outside picture of this. We're go, we'll move to that since you uh, have this on your drawing. But what I want you to see is that in this city, the nation of Jerusalem, they had to have a way to get the fresh water in and they had to have a way to get the waste out. And so as we look at this, it begins to connect the dots and we see interesting things that are happening here. That picture that you're seeing there, it goes back to water always was an issue. Matter of fact, that was the ancient Roman aquifers, the aqueduct that the Romans came up with. Matter of fact, we know that in in the biblical days, in the days of Jesus, they were piping the substance of water in. Matter of fact, if you read in Revelation chapter 3, you will see the story of, uh, where he said you're neither hot nor cold to the Church of Laodicea. Now, the Church of Laodicea was placed strategically between Colossus, which had fresh spring wells coming up that had really, really cold water, and another town up in the north uh, that 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 had hot springs. And it was really, really hot water coming up out of the ground. And so they couldn't pipe the water up to Laodicea. So they would pipe it down. And so when the hot water would get five miles through these aqueducts, when it got to where they were in biblical days now, we're not talking about a couple of years ago, in the days of the early church, when they would pipe the water to Laodicea, it would become tepid in room temperature. And it just really was pretty nasty. It was not hot, it was not cold, it was lukewarm. And Jesus says, I don't want you to be hot, I don't want you to be cold to that church. He says, you're lukewarm, I either want you to be hot or cold. Get on a side, either get cold or get hot. Just get out of the middle ground. When you're in the middle, it kills you, amen. And so, the point is that these aqueducts, well, pumping water in, plumbing has been something for a long time. We see it here in the Bible, on your blueprint, the dung gate, the fountain gate. And and there's an interesting picture that connects this in the pool. You see, they couldn't just take the trash out of any old gate. They wouldn't want to haul the waste out, the human waste and all that. And the Romans had a way of piping this stuff out way before modern plumbing ever came along. Why? Because... For every building, for every town, there has to be a way to handle the substance of life, the water to come in, and a way to get the waste out. Are you with me? Now, let's go a little bit further here. Now, with Nehemiah, let me point this out to you in this passage of Scripture, if you will look at it with me. If you will go to chapter 3 and verse 1. I'm not going to read all this for the sake of time. But in chapter 3 and verse 1, here's what it says. Uh, the high priest and his fellow priests began rebuilding the Sheep Gate. Now, if you look on your blueprint, you'll see the Sheep Gate up at the very northern part of your blueprint, up at the top. You will see it there. The Sheep Gate around the temple and all of that, it was taking place right there. The priest started rebuilding the Sheep Gate, and uh, it went they rebuilt it to the tower. And then it talks about these other guys and what they were rebuilding. Now, if you skip with me down to verse 6, Jehoadiah He began to rebuild the old gate. Now go with me, if you would, to verse seven. They began to rebuild the wall in that area down to the region of Euphrates where the water would be. And then go with me all you will all the way to verse 13. Stay with me for a minute. Here's what it says. I mean, verse 14, Malachi, son of Rechab, ruler of the district. Now he was a ruler of a whole region. So a good way to put that today, he would have been a representative of a whole region, like one of our state representatives. He may have had a whole area of Jerusalem that he was responsible for. So this just wasn't any old body is what I want you to understand. And look at this, if you will. It says that he repaired the dung gate, the dung gate, and he rebuilt it and he installed its doors and its bolts and its bars. There's a lot of gates that people may have wanted to get excited about rebuilding. Sheep gate, fountain gate, valley gate, the old gate. I mean, we we can go on and on. There's there's, uh, 12 gates here on your piece of paper. But I'm telling you that I don't imagine there's a lot of excitement about, man, I, I get to go down and rebuild the dung gate. But not just any old body rebuilt it. Somebody that was somebody considered it an honor to rebuild it why because there has to not only be a way to get the substance of life in but there has to be a way to get the waste of life out of any old building now let's go a little bit further with this let's 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 go beyond the building now let's go to a person every person must have a way for the substance of life to come in if you don't Partake of water, if you don't hydrate yourself and you never put anything else in your body, you what? You die. There has to be a way for our physical body to gain nourishment. That's why when people can't eat anymore, they will install something now called a feeding tube. They will feed them against their ability. But say no, if we don't put nutrition and 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 we don't hydrate them. They will perish now, by the same token if you don't have if your body doesn't have a way for it to get rid of what it takes in, you will wind up in the fetal position, crying out to Jesus, saying, "Lord, just take me if there becomes an obstruction in your bowels and your body I, now stay with me, I know this is weird." Uh, and you're not able to to get rid you bring the substance in but when the substance is processed it's no longer useful for the body anymore so it has to put it out and if you're no longer able to put it out you're in trouble that's why they had to get rid of the waste they had a place called the dung gate that's why you're going to spend over a hundred dollars an hour if you build a house to pay some to bring the substance of life into your home and bring the substance of life out of your home can i get a witness the waste of life out of your home now now this is very important i mean this is a very this thing is so crucial to every building project so crucial to every human being it's unbelievable there's a physical physical example the substance a way for the substance to to come in, you may see in parentheses there, a substance of life to come in, a way for the waste of life, death to go out. When something is used up, it has no longer value, whether it's a, 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 a canister holding something or whatever else, it's, it, it moves to the death arena, it has no more value, you have to get rid of it. Now, every person has a physical challenge as well, just like the building, life has to come in, waste has to go out, but what about spiritually speaking? What about spiritually speaking? Now, I could spend a lot of time talking about the body. I mean, there's a lot of scriptures that talk about that, and we could hunt for them all over the Bible, like the like the eye is the window to the soul. Out of the mouth comes the content of the heart. And the Bible says in Jeremiah, the heart is desperately wicked, and no man can know it. I mean, we could spend a lot of time talking about the things that the body connects back to the soul and how, we, how the body and the soul and what's happening in the heart all works in tandem together. But I want you to understand something, spiritually speaking, the same way. The same way that if you build a building, you've got to figure out how am I going to get life in this building? How am I going to get death out of this building? The same way for your physical body. You've got to have a way to get life in and death out. The same way for your spiritual body. Oh, you know where I'm headed with this. Can I get a witness? I'm telling you today that we were under the sentence of death. Our life was a living at the dung gate everything around us was wasteful everything around us was wicked the bible says it says there was nothing good within us so how do we get rid of the waste and bring in the life well we know from the bible that religion could not satisfy the substance of life religion in the old testament the old testament principle could be equated compared to propped up living on a feeding tube it would keep you going just enough to keep you alive but you and i both know that if your physical life is going to have any value you can't run around with a feeding tube feeding you you can't run around with artificially removing the substance from your life. If you are going to function as a human being to the full capacity, your body has to be able to take in by itself physically and remove from itself physically. Oh, stay with me, my friends, today, because what religion could do was prop you up on the leaning side. It could get you by till they had the annual removing of the sins when the high priest would go behind the veil and make atonement for the people every year every year every year Oh, my brothers and sisters in christ you think the romans were clever when they come up with the aqueducts how they could pump the water into their city so they wouldn't have to run and fetch it in the old-fashioned way listen you think they were clever i'll tell you what was clever when god saw us locked up with no hope in sight we were surrounded by death we were choking up spiritually in the fetal position and we didn't even know it and god says there must be a way to remove the waste of life the sentence of death from man you say oh preacher you're stretching it here that's not what that passage of scripture says you're absolutely right i'm giving you a parallel that the same way they pumped in life pumped out waste our body has to pump in life Pump out waste the same way that if you are ever going to amount to anything for Jesus Christ, you have got to figure out how to get out from under the death sentence, how to get the waste out of your life and pump in the substance of life. Oh, my brothers and sisters in Christ, can I save you? A lot of pondering, a lot of wringing of the hands. You can't figure it out. There's no way that you can remove all that from your life. I'm telling you, and what you could not do, Christ Jesus died for you on the cross to do for man what man could not do. I'm telling you, and he tore the veil. The wall of separation. He made a way when he said, it is done. I'm telling you, Jesus painted all on the cross of Calvary. He made a way that we might have the substance of life. He made a way that we might escape the sentence of death. You see, on the cross of Calvary, when they pierced him, he wasn't pumping in water. He was shedding the blood. The Bible says in the book of Leviticus is the life of the flesh is in the blood. Let blood quit pumping and your body quits living. I'm telling you on the cross of Calvary. There was a fountain filled with blood. Drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners can plunge beneath that flood. To lose all. They're guilty. Stay all their death sentence, all my brothers and sisters in Christ. I've struggled all week sharing this passage of Scripture because I realize that uh, it's just not not how I like to preach. I don't like it. I don't like the way it laid out. I don't like the way it's there. But I'm telling you, there's a principle in the Bible that teaches us That life has to come in and death has to go out. Or there can be no life. And in your spiritual life. If you don't allow Jesus Christ to take over. Not your church. Not your preacher. Not your religion. Not your your favorite denomination. Not your favorite TV preacher. If you don't allow Jesus to become the conduit. That pumps life in. You will never make it. Spiritually, there has to be a way for you to receive life. And Jesus said, hey guys, I am the way for you to receive life. But the difference is, in this spiritual dynamic and all the rest, the difference is, That what Jesus puts in doesn't have to be, it doesn't become death. But it must be delivered. Because if you don't find a way to deliver life out of you, then you will just swell up and become a spiritual glutton And die from overnutrition spiritually. You say, is that possible? Well, it'll suck all the joy out of your spiritual life. One of the reasons that we're in the condition that we're in is because we have too many people taking in spiritually and not giving out. 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 What must we do? We must realize that every building has to have plumbing in our day and age. You say, no it doesn't. Yes it does. I mean, even if you don't put plumbing in the ground. You're going you're to move life in. And you're going to move waste out one way or the other. And in your spiritual life, Jesus went to the cross to remove the waste of your life. The sin of death. The sting of death. So that he could give you the gift. Of life. The leader rose up and said. I'll rebuild the dung gate. I'll put it close. To where it needs to be. I'll make it happen. Because it's so important. Maybe in your life today. There's just some stuff you need to get out of your life. I don't know what it is. But if you don't get the old stuff out, there's no place for the new stuff to come in. And Jesus said, I've given you life. Given abundantly now today we realize that these are parallels teaching points that we can gain from a biblical principle I realize you may say oh preacher you're reaching for that sermon not really it was all there it's more of a lesson biblical principle that every ancient city had to have a way to get life in and death out and spiritually you have to have a way to get life in and death out the bad news for you is you can't think your way out, you can't draw your way out, you can't plan your way out you can't buy your way out, you can't preach your way out you can't sing your way out you can't praise your way out You have to fall to your knees and say, God, you are the only giver of life. And today, would you just come remove all the dung out of my life that I could have life and have it more?